Okay, No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world, and I'm here today with M. Huncho. Uh, man, it's nice to have you here, and this is kind of exciting because you have a sold-out show with No Jumper, London. It's going down right after this. How do you feel uh, an hour or two before a sold-out show in your, your town? I'm here to have a, a casual conversation with Adam on the coolest podcast ever. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's my own city. I'm here to you know, just chill before we go there and light shit up, man. And yeah, man, like I say to all my friends, it's just another day in the office. Yeah. So yeah, man, we, we're going to work, bro. Definitely. Um, so you seem like you've acquired a very rabid fan base out here in this market in a very short period of time. When I was saying your name on stage during our previous two shows, I was hearing a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, everybody on Twitter, on Instagram, everybody seems like this is kind of the interview that they were uh, dying for and fiending for. What do you think it is about you, what you bring to the game, and uh, just you know the music you've made so far that has all these kids so riled up? What it is, bro, I just, I'm just all about energy. Um, I, I bring positive energy to my music as well. Um, um, and when it comes to why people want to know more, I'm pretty sure you can guess that already. It's just, a, it's just a mystery behind everything, what's going on. With me, I just make it simply about the music uh, because I know that in life, there's a lot of people, especially in the industry that we're in, that get lost in the source, as Gucci Mane once said. Um, and I ain't trying to get lost in the source. I'm trying to just keep focus, and I know what I'm here to do. I'm here to fulfill a certain job that I've I've been set to do is it's an achievement for me to, you know, stay focused and, you know, not get distracted by all the things that, all the extra things that the, the industry has to offer. Uh, you know, like the dramas and the talking and, and all of that kind of nonsense. I'm not here for any of that. I'm here to make good music. I started making music because I realised the UK didn't have a lot of people that made good music or go into music that deep. And with me, it's just about, you know, even when I first started, I've always been a good consumer. I listen to good music. I tell my friends about good music. Have you heard this? Have you heard this? And, you know, being a consumer of good music made me realize that, you know, I can find my own sound. And once I found my sound, which I practiced on for quite a while before releasing anything, it got me to where I needed to get to straight away, but I didn't remember, like, I, sorry, I also remembered that you can't get complacent, especially in the industry that we're in, because the day and age that we're in, music travels very, very quickly. You know, I dropped a mixtape in April called Utopia, and we're in July right now, and I got fans telling me, yo, bro, I need some new music. I'm thinking, oh, for fuck, it's been two months. But you can possibly agree with me with the fact that how quickly music is moving. Um, you know, me being a, a listener of music, I always go back to timeless music. You know, I'll, I'll go back and listen to some old school Kanye West. I'll listen to some old school Jay-Z. I'll listen to, you know, I'll go, I'll listen to R&B, you know, nowadays because, you know, stuff's getting repetitive. But I'll just, you know, the growth of my fan base, it all, it's all been from the bottom. That's why I'm happy with what I've accomplished so far because I didn't wait for a handout. I didn't ask anyone for anything. I made sure I did everything myself and with the team around me and we all stayed focused and we're all, we all have a quality to bring to the table. And you know, the team around me brought me to where I am and myself being part of the team, it, you know, the fan base was, was due to grow. And it's a good feeling knowing that it's all been from the ground up and it's not 
me going and doing a feature with so-and-so and I'm getting some of his fans and I'm getting some of his fans. That like, These are people that genuinely want to listen to me. You know, I went from doing a show um, last year, 2017, which was sold out with 350 people. A year later, I done a show for, with, which was sold out 3,500 people, bro. So I, at times 10, what I was doing within a year. And you know, even though a lot of people might see that as an accomplishment, I ain't stopping yet. I've got a lot more to do. I've got a lot more to accomplish. Like this is not the end of the journey. This is a marathon. This is not a race. So, you know, you know, I just thank God that I've, I've made it this far. And yeah, we go forward, bro. We go forward. I feel like quite a few of the people that I've interviewed out here, the mask thing is pretty much like purely a way for them to sort of avoid police intrusion in their lives. But with you, it seems like there's also uh, an element of like, I, I feel like the mask sort of represents you wanting to stay humble, which I see as kind of like a very, uh, a characteristic I see in a lot of the English rappers I've been speaking to is that, you know, in America, is people seem very, very content to just, you know, blow up and become this sort of ridiculous human being that is not in touch with their roots and there's no, there's nothing really like pulling them back down to earth quite often, but I feel like with you, this is almost like a symbol of your desire to, to stay normal. Is, is that partially accurate? Um, it is partially accurate, yeah, but even with that, um, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't fuck with the police anyway. I don't want... The thing is, as soon as you become something, especially in the urban scene in, in, in the UK, your number one enemy does become the police because they are now watching you. They want you to slip up. They want you to do something. You can have, uh, you can have seven grams of weed on you, bro. Shit can go down the wrong way. It can get twisted on you just because of you being in the public eye. Um, but it's not just the police with me. Um, before I made music, bear in mind, the first time I seen a studio ever was two and a half years ago. And I'm in my mid twenties. I've never seen a studio before. I didn't know what bars were until like about a year ago. I didn't know what one bar is. I just write and write and just keep writing. Um, so with me, it's just more of the privacy factor in life. I'm a private person when it comes to before I did music. I don't want no one knowing my business. I know that shit doesn't last forever, you know? Um, and, you know, I'm here to do what I need to do, get to where I need to get to, and then step back and let the youth take over because that's how it's meant to be, right? Um, you know, some people hold on to their rap careers for so long, they don't even realize that nobody cares anymore. You can't see no, um, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm here for a long time. I'm not here for a good time. That's why I never have a good time. I don't sleep. I don't, I don't sleep. I'm in the studio. I try and make records nearly every day. I've got a lot of records just sitting there that I've done nothing with because, you know, it's just, we just keep making more and more. But, um, you know, privacy is a big factor for me personally because I believe, you know, one should always have control over their life. And with me, it's kind of like I'm living... Like right now, I'm in my alter ego, but I still bring my real personality out even though I'm wearing a mask. This is the real me. It's just, you can't see my face. You can see my eyes. You can look into my eyes. You can, you can tell that I'm real. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, but even apart from that, um, coming into things like um, you're looking at, you're talking about the police earlier. I, get, I, don't get, like, I don't get stopped in the police, by the police on a regular day. I do get stopped by the police sometimes, don't get me, don't get me wrong. And they, even 
them not knowing who I am, they still want to get me down because, you know, you got the whole racial stuff going on nowadays, you know what I'm trying to say? And the police department seems to be one of them people, one of those places where stuff like that doesn't exist. I don't see any police officers, I hardly see any police officers from a different race. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Especially in our country that we're in right now. Forget about America. You guys have it even worse. Because if we had guns here, it would be game over. Um, and even when it comes to, for example, some people might say, not that I care about people's opinions, because I really don't. Some people might say I'm wearing a mask for attention. That doesn't make sense. It's just contradicting themselves. There's no attention. I'll leave. I walked from... I've done a five-minute walk from my vehicle to get here without the mask on. Do you think anybody on that street knew who I was? I'm not. Definitely not. And they never will. You know, people have speculations about where I could be from or this. If you call the right people, if you're in the UK and you call the right people, you can find out who I am. The right people. That is the key word, the right people. Because being a man with the mask, anyone can say they know you. Shit, Adam, you can go out, you can wear this mask and people might believe that you're me. And, and that's how it goes. But with me, like, like you were saying, it's, for me, it's just about staying humble and just going forward with what you're doing because, you know, that is the stuff that will get you far in what you're doing. You know, I, I believe in growth as a person. I believe in working to be a better version of yourself. You know, every time I make a record or every time I do a video, I want to do it even better next time. Like, shit like that is, is you know, I'm a musical person. I've, I'm into music quite a lot. So I'm gonna treat this shit like the trap. So yeah, I'm trapping out the studio, Adam. And you know, all my fans that are behind me, they've had me from the ground up and, and I'm happy with them. I do this shit for them. I don't do this for anyone else. So you keep the specific details about where you're from and everything close to your chest, but tell me a little bit about the uh, the early days of Amazon Show and what it was like growing up, what you were exposed to, uh, just you know the sort of overall uh, experience that you had growing up that might have shaped you into what you are today. Um, it took a lot of um, a lot of losses, coming to relationships with with with, with friends. Um, for me, growing up, I'm not gonna lie to you, my parents are good people. I'm not going to sit down here and say that I had a bad upbringing because I didn't. Um, both my parents are together and they raised me well. They taught me manners, etiquette, morals um, and definitely behaviour. I used to get fucked up, bro. Yeah, but, you know, it's just part of life. I'm not going to sit down and say, shit, you know, I'm going to call R RSPCA or some shit. I'm just going to... That's, that's the type of culture I come from. Um, and the early days, it was just the usual, bro. You know, people might think that we were in the UK sitting down drinking tea and having crumpets, but shit, it's far from that. Um, school, you know, education is something that I've, I've always wanted to get into, but it's been hard because of the people that I kept around me, you know, bad company, we used to, always, used to get up to shit, left, right and centre, just doing fuck shit doing ch kids shit, you know what I'm trying to say? And you know, it went from there to to smoking, then it went from there to selling, then it went from selling to large amounts, large quantities. And you know, even when it came to that, I was very precise in what I did and I always liked to lay low. And I've, I'm the type of person that 
you know, throughout all my life, my number one goal in life was to never go to jail. And, you know, like I said, I'm in my mid-20s and I'm happy to say that I've never been to jail and I never will, God willingly. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I was born in, a, in, a, in public, you know, I lived in public housing. Uh, and, you know, in England, in London especially, public housing is very different to how it is in America. Um, you have people from all ethnic backgrounds, not just, like, for example, I've been to Atlanta before and I'll see the segregation between black folk and white folk is very big. You know, you, it's, there's, there's a line in the middle where you'll see white folk and the black folk. They will both be on different sides of town. But in London, you might be next to a building worth five million quid and, you know, you, you might be living on the penthouse suite and if you look over your suite, you'll see some high-rise buildings that look like absolute shit and smell like shit. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, that was the come up. Um, I'm not going to sit down here as well and tell you that, you know, I'd done anything for my block because I didn't believe in that shit. I didn't, I didn't believe in, you know, being from a neighborhood and representing a neighborhood. I believed in keeping good company and representing my family and people around me. I don't keep friends. I keep family. Everyone around me is family. They're not friends. If anyone is around me that is, that, you know, that's not family, they're just acquaintances. That's all they are. Um, and I just believed in making money. I feel like for one to make money, they have to be all over the place. You can't just be in... If you're in one neighbourhood all your life, there's only a million that you're going to make from that neighbourhood. But then think about how many other people are in that neighbourhood chasing that million. 50, 60? Out of those 60 people, at least 70% of them are going to go to jail. At least 20% of them are going to die. And the 10% shit, some change their life and some actually make a million from the trap. And I've never been into that because where we're from is there's a, there's a hierarchy when it comes to stuff, you know, just, just like every hood has a hierarchy. And I've never been one that, I don't want to be part of a hierarchy. I've never been the type for people to call me, you know, I'm not your, not your little bro. I'm here to make my own, I'm not taking a risk for anyone else. If I'm going to go sell something for so-and-so, and if I get caught, I go to jail for five, six years, why am I taking that risk for you? Why don't I take that risk for myself? Where I know I'm going to get a whole, if, you know, the whole pie instead of going for a slice. Um, so, yeah, the, the come-up was just like that. But like I said, education has been something that I've always been interested in. I'm, I, I like reading. I like doing stuff like this, even though I was a fucking delinquent. But, you know, over time, you know, as you grow up, you come across obstacles, you come across people, you come across friendships that aren't genuine. You come across people that you realise haven't got your best interest at heart. Um, you know, you lose members of your family to maybe diseases or maybe to the streets or stuff like that. You know, someone getting knifed to death or someone getting shot to death or... You know, even when it comes down to simple things like when I said disease or someone dying of cancer, so and so. And for me, I've been one person that's seen death quite a lot in my life. I've got a huge family. So, you know, there was a point in my life where every, every month there was a death in the family. And, you know, things like these made me realise that I need to go for something. I need to think about the bigger picture. I'm not thinking short term. And, you know, things like that made me realise that I need to stay focused on what I'm doing because, realistically, 
everyone will support you when you're at the top. But as soon as you take a tumble, that's when you'll find out who really supports you. And I've realised that not everyone has my best interest at heart, so I just keep myself to myself, even when it comes to the industry. Um, you know, I, have, I respect all the other artists, and I see them, we all talk. We talk music, we talk moves, future moves. And, and yeah, man, it's, it's just like a positive energy. Um, but yeah, man, the, 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 the grow up and the come up was, was, was the same. It's the same as, you know, you can ask any other artist how their come up was if they lived in public housing, they'll tell you the same thing. You know, having friends from different ethnicities and getting up to nonsense and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a typical story. It's not different from any other kid that you'll see in New York City that's growing up in Brooklyn. Um, let me let me ask you about the sort of like sense of desperation that I feel like a lot of young kids out here feel in the sense like a lot of them are just, you know, living in public housing on benefits. They don't necessarily feel like they have any capacity to really better their life. You're, you're the type of person who's actually like managed to find a way out of that situation. When you look at like the violence and the gangs and the really bad drugs and all this kind of stuff is really like all just expressions of people who just feel like they don't have anything, any hope, any uh, any chance at advancement. And I feel like that any any rapper is gonna do well out here has to kind of speak to that to a certain extent. And you, you come from that. So talk about that. And is that an accurate description of uh, the, the feeling that a lot of people have growing up here? 100%, you know, there's people out here whose parents were smoking crack when they were young and they're probably still smoking crack till today. Um, and don't get me wrong, even though I've been one person that stayed away from all of these things all my life, stay away from gang culture, does not mean that I don't know anyone or I don't fuck with anyone that is part of a gang. Do you know what I'm trying to say? That's how you have to, in life, for me, to move forward, you have to know people from different places. You have to network, you have to speak. You know, the power of speech is very, speech is very powerful and, you know, speaking about things and speaking it with your chest, speaking about things with your chest and being vo very vocal with how you feel about things is, sometimes it hurts people fe people's feelings, but personally, obviously, I, I'm not opposed to, I wouldn't say that not everyone can stay away from that because it takes a certain level of mental control for you to stay away from that kind of stuff. It's like smoking cigarettes. You know, if you tell someone that's been smoking cigarettes for 20 years of their life to stop the tomorrow, they can't do it. Um, but it's all in the mind. It's not something that's, you know, embedded in you, this whole nicotine stuff. It's, it, that might be true, but at the end of the day, if you really don't want to do something, you don't need to do it. Um, but yeah, I don't blame all the children that do get involved in these type of things because it's inevitable. You come from a place where you've seen shit all your life and you know, you've been walking down the road and someone asks you where you're from and you tell them you're from there and you get fucked up. You might get stabbed in your leg, in your chest, in your arm. You might die, you might survive. Um, and I know people, my friends, my friends got siblings that, that are much younger, the generation now we're talking about, the, the, the 15, 16, 17 year olds. They, they walk around with knives that are bigger than them. And, you know, this is all part of the, the society that we grow up in and the, the culture of where we come from. If we are part of, so my parents got benefits. Do you know what I mean? They don't. They don't need benefits now. Mm. You know, I bought my property. I don't need to be paying benefits. I don't need to be doing any of. And I made sure I did that before rap. So, 
It's not that I've waited to get rap money to do this shit. I've set myself a goal and I've went and done it. But um, like I said, like you, like you were talking about, the, it, the story is the same for 90% of the people that are, whose parents are getting benefits, who are living in council homes, who are getting funded by the government, stuff like that. And it's inevitable for them to join a gang or, you know, spiral out of control because, you know, everyone lives their own life. Everyone sees different things. You might think that you have it hard, but shit, there's people out here that have it much harder, bro. You know, I'm, I might be sitting here telling you about council housing and benefits. We're lucky to be getting that. You've got people in Asia and Africa and places like these who have to walk about 20 miles to get water. And shit, I'm blessed. I'm happy that I'm blessed. I'm happy the people around me can at least get a bottle of water or, you know, have a little, have food somewhere. Guys from the, from lower economic countries like that, they can't even, they don't even have a fucking water pump to get a drink. So, you know, people need to realise that even though you have it worse, you have to realise that there's people out there that have it even worse. Same way with when it comes to people that think that, you know, everyone puts on this, this, this act of being hard or being, you know, being a thug or being this. There's always going to be someone out there who is a bigger thug than you. There's always going to be someone out there who is who's got more smoke than you. And that's, that's just life, that's how it goes. People think that, you know, it's just them. No, there's always gonna be someone out there that's, that, that can do way more. Um, and same way, you know, there's people out there, they think they've got it bad, but there's people that have it even worse, Adam, I'm telling you. So, you know, you just have to be grateful with what you got and just move along and mentally just stay strong and focus on what you need to do. Because at the end of the day, money is what make, makes the world go around. If you ain't got no money, you ain't got no food. If you ain't got no food, you're gonna die. So that should be your number one focus, not beef. Beef is a broke man's sport. Beef is a broke man's sport. We don't do beef. I don't do beef. Because, you know, there's, there's kids out here that will be beefing, that will have beef with other people that haven't even got 500 pounds or 500, if you wanna call it, dollars to their name. You can't beef when you have no money. <laughs> Let's be real. How are you going to beef when you got no funds? And yeah, for me, I'm focused. I know what I'm doing and I'm, I'm hoping that the next generation focus on what I'm focusing on because I'll tell them that this is the shit that will... Focusing on yourself and the, and the people, the trusted people around you is what's going to make you prosper. Apart from that, you're looking for a big fall. It's, you're just going to... Your downfall is, is inevitable. Do you know what I mean? So when you actually decided to really turn your attention towards music, what, do you, what, what were your influences early on and then what do you feel like you're bringing to the table that is different? Because obviously if you're going to stand out in this UK rap market, you have to be doing something different than your peers. What is it exactly that you see yourself uh, bringing to the table that's different, the, the, the changes that you wanted to make? So growing up, I didn't really listen to a lot of UK music, I'll be honest with you. Um, I listened to... Jay, Nas, Park, Biggie, so on and so forth. So I listened to very old school rap. And as the times went forward, obviously you got the two chains, you got the future, Young Fug, and then I went on to listening to quite a lot of Atlanta based stuff. Um and that used to be I used to I used to venture out into the UK sometimes just to see, you know, not deep into it, but you know, just looking at the usual artists that are already set themselves a foundation. I'll look at what they've released, but I wouldn't dig deep into UK music and find 
someone like, oh, this guy's hard or this guy, this guy's fire as well. I wouldn't do that. Um, and personally, my influences come from all over the all over the place. So I, I like all types of music. I like Kendrick. I like Jake. I like all types of genres. I like. I make trap music personally because it's something that I personally like, and I like to do it with melody. I like to pretty much sing what I'm doing. And it's, it's different because no one else does that. No one else, I call it trap wave because I feel like I'm on a wave, but you know, and I'm talking about the trap constantly. Um, and you know, I drop gems, I don't drop, you know, lines or bars as they say here and there in my music that people will message me about and say, you know, I heard you say this and I relate to it and stuff like that. I like to relate to everyone. I don't want to just relate to the to the brother sitting down in the trap. I don't want to re relate to the brother that's out there s selling coke or selling weed or selling heroin and crack. I don't want to relate to just these guys. I want to relate to the everyday person. You know, even if you've got a nine to five and you listen to me, you will relate to a line that I've said in my, in my music. Don't you think that a lot of the, the regular people rap to them is their chance to sort of live a life that is far more exciting than their life in which they get to do stuff, take chances, take risks, the kind of things that you've previously done in your life, but it's all just fun and games to them because they never actually had to take those risks, but this is their way to sort of get to experience that at least through through the art. And, and I'm sure for some significant portion of your fans, that is what they're getting out of it and that's what they're getting out of really rap in general. 100%. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people out here that do fake it till they make it. Um, I'm personally not with that. But, you know, you have to appreciate the music, whether you come from a family that were multi multi-millionaires or you come from a family that's been on benefits or they had food stamps. Music is there to be appreciated no matter what it is. Um, you know, like I told you, nowadays I listen to R&B. I listen to R&B because music, music is just getting, you know, I just hear a lot of the same stuff coming out from the UK. Um, and I didn't want to make that stuff. I wanted to be different. I wanted to bring hard, heavy trap beats with melody on top of that, which no one else does. Um, you know, I don't know if, whether if they can't ride the wave or they can't ride the beat, but I like music like that. I've, I've come up off listening to people that had no auto-tune in their music. Um, even though I've been listening to these type of, this type of real rap, real music, the type of music I make is completely different to what I've grown up on and what I've listened to. Um, and, and it doesn't mean that it hasn't influenced me in any way because like I said, I like reading, I like looking into things, I like gathering information, I like to know more about things, I like to be aware of, my, of what I'm doing today, what I'm doing tomorrow or you know, there's this article that came out about this. I like to watch fucked up shit, bro. I'm a weird guy. I like to to, to know things, general knowledge, which a lot of people don't have. Um, and it makes you grow as a person because the more you learn, the more you can give off to the to the younger youth. And, you know, some people, like I said, some people might say that, you know, this guy's talking about the youth while he's wearing a mask, but shit, that's how life gets. I guess that's just my thing. And yeah, bro. I, we, I want to continue this conversation that we were having before we started recording, but we were having the conversation about Kanye versus 
people buying like designer and how you know we're both kind of in the position of being proud to see somebody as much as he might be totally out of control and ridiculous and he's a huge star and it's like you know you don't even feel like comfortable putting yourself in the same uh, sort of bracket as him in any way but it is really positive to see uh, a guy who comes from the culture building something so huge, especially because he was telling us for so long that he was capable of creating this massive brand, and then he went ahead and did it, which is pretty incredible. Um, and you were saying that you've actually never even uh, spent any money on Supreme or anything like that, and there is a lot of um, commercialism that's kind of like fetishized within rap, within like the overall culture and stuff. Uh, talk about that topic and just sort of the way that people interact with brands like that. Um, personally, I don't believe there's anything wrong with purchasing, you know, Louis Vuitton or Gucci or stuff like this, even Supreme and stuff like that. These are, you know, Supreme do a lot of collectible items that you can sell for more. It's some things you see as an investment, some things you see as, you know, you want to buy it because you want to treat yourself because, you know, you feel like you want to dress good. So fuck it, I might just go to Louis Vuitton, get me a T-shirt and some jeans and some kicks to go with it. You know, you might spend two grand on an outfit. That's all cool and everything, but at the end of the day, you know, people like Kanye West, I was, like I said, I was reading the article, we were talking about it before, and it said that Yeezy has the brand, it's, that's a lot of money coming from someone that spoke about creating a big brand for years and then finally did it, and now you get to see what he's accomplished. That doesn't mean he's, he has $3 billion in his pocket. It means that this is what his brand has done and this is something that he's created. It's like... I don't know, it's like you're one of your interviews that, you know, so you sitting down years before you started doing interviews and thinking, shit, I'm going to start doing interviews and my interview is going to hit 100 million views. And, you know, you started doing your shit and sooner or later, 50 interviews down the line, you got your 100 million views. It's a process. Um, and Kanye West, as like you said, as much as he's a bit all over the place right now, he's still someone that is quite relevant in our culture in terms of what he does when it comes to fashion. I was telling you before, I listen to old school Kanye West. Sometimes I wake up, I listen to my dark, beautiful, twisted fantasy. Shit, I might listen to Devil in a New Dress with Rick Ross. And, you know, this is a man that made timeless music that spoke to us for years about making a brand and he finally did it. But when it comes to, um, you know, brands, when it comes to like, Supreme, Louis Vuitton. At the end of the day, most of these brands don't really care about the urban scene. They don't give a flying fuck. Um, and, you know, people need to realise that artists and, and, and rappers in general need to realise that the everyday man that is a multi-millionaire or, you know, the billionaires that you do see in the world, yes, they might own a private jet, but they'll hardly own any, any of these stuff. You know, they're probably shopping Walmart for their, for their socks, for their boxes and for their shoes. Um, and yeah, like I said, they, they're not gonna care about you. Not, it looks nice, don't get me wrong. I wear some of this shit myself. I don't wanna sound like a hypocrite, but you know, thinking about it now, they don't care about us. Um, even though people from the culture have made these brands into what they are. They have history, don't get me wrong, but it being involved in the music scene and st stuff like that, movies, and it's t taking the brands to the next level. And this could be, this could be brands. This could, this could be someone's idea from, from, from a council house. A kid could wake up, his mum could be on benefits. Like shit, I want to design some shoes. Five years down the line, he could do the same thing. Um, 
but I just feel like in our culture, the, the, the whole thing about support is not as strong as it's meant to be. Not everyone supports each other. Everyone's envious. Um, everyone feels like you're going for their position. Everyone feels threatened by your presence. Um, so hence why I don't see it happening. I don't see people making their own brand and getting to a complete different level because, you know, everyone's supporting it. Because people will still buy the shit. This shit's not, never going to stop. When will M. Huncho cross the pond? And when do you, or do, do you ever think about that? Like your ability to expand and to appeal to a bigger market? Is that kind of like one of your, I feel like almost anyone who's a rapper from the UK, that's got to at least be uh, some small thought in their mind is that, you know, to a certain extent, that kind of is what it is to get really, really big is to sort of break through past the, the local market. I feel like, yeah, I love the States personally. I've been to LA a few times, I've been to Vegas, I've been to Atlanta, I've been to New York a few times. So I've been, I like making music. Every, I feel like making music, you have to go to different places to get a different energy. If you're in the same studio every single day, sometimes you, your head just starts hurting. You're just thinking, shit, I need to change the scenery. Fuck it, I might just go to New York and record in New York. I might go to Paris and record in Paris. I might go to ATO. When I went to ATO, I just felt the vibe, I felt the energy of the city. It's a very musical city and it was it was inspirational. You know, I worked with Earl on the beat, um, who's a very talented producer. He's done shit for City Girls and and Baby, Lil Baby and so on and so forth. And I and I worked with a few people. I went to New York. I was in New York about a month ago. I was with a Day Trip and I made a few records with Day Trip and like I said, Adam, I'm, I'm working all the time. So yeah, crossing the pond for me is, is a big thing. I feel like it does come with a little bit of uh, a push and it comes with time. It doesn't happen straight away because I feel like um, the American audience, like I said, they think that we sit down, drink tea and have crumpets. Maybe not you, Adam, but we're talking about people that have right. no common sense. Um, and I feel like it will take some time for it to grow on them but I definitely feel like the US is paying more attention to the UK. Um, and just knowing the fact that the US market is paying closer attention to the UK makes not just me, it makes me happy for the fact that, forget about me, I'm, I don't even think about myself. I think about everyone else in the scene. I'm thinking, shit then, you know, it's not just me, this light is gonna be shed on. It's gonna be shed on everyone that's making music from our country, from the UK. Um, so yeah, crossing the pond for me is, is definitely going to happen. I've made music everywhere and I'm, and I'm trying to make music there. I've got, in my head, I'm thinking, um, even for example, Toronto, going up to Canada. Um, Canada and, and London, they're very close in terms of like slang and lingo and they fuck with our shit. Um, and it's, it's not just recently, it's been happening for a long time. Canadians love England. Um, and you know, I was thinking to do a show in, uh, in, in Toronto and um, go down to New York straight after and maybe have a little small show in, in LA as well. Um, because like I said, it's all about growth. It's all about introducing yourself to new fans and networking and talking to so-and-so and just making shit happen. So yeah, the the, the, the States is definitely for me is one of the places for, to, to go and work. Okay, so we, we got to head off to the show relatively soon, but I guess what I'm curious about is what is the good life to you? Like, what are the things that are important to you? What do you uh, care about really doing in a day? And also, in addition to that, I would like to inquire about if you're a gym rat because you're kind of a big dude. 
Uh, I'll answer your first question first. Uh, for me, what's important? Um, I'll say happiness, health, and you know, family is important to me. Um, and then finally, acquiring wealth, not being rich, Adam. Wealth, being wealthy. Um, wealth in every aspect of life, in terms of good health, in terms of having people around you for you know all your life, growing old. No one wants to die young. Um, you know, you, you see Nipsey, he had so, so much ahead of him as well. He's been grinding for fucking years, bro. And he passed away. You've got so many people that have been taken away before they became legends and then they became legends just because they died. Um, but for me, the main thing is just being happy in what you do and just being positive and give the same energy to people that you want to receive back. Um, yeah, money, making money is something that I'm good at, bro. Um, with or without rap, I'm good at making money. So um, money's cool, like, but it's at the end of the day, that shit's all material, you know. For me, it's just, you know, making the most of my time. Um, I always tell my friends, I'd rather spend 100,000 than spend 100,000 minutes. I'll spend 100,000 in currency than spend 100,000 in minutes because in those 100,000 minutes, I can possibly make 100,000 if I work hard enough. Um, so yes, it's happiness, health and wealth and just family, bro. I feel like family is the, the most important thing that people have in this life that they seem to push away from them. A lot of people are not really close to their family, but um, you know, they need to, they need to look at themselves and realize that they, you, you won't be here without them in the first place. So, you know, you know keep your circle tight, tight like a virgin. Um, and yeah, um, Second second question, yeah, I, I do go to the gym. You go to the gym as well, though. Not as much as you. Shit, I didn't go today, though. I look pumped. <laughs> I didn't go today either. Oh, bro, yeah, I, I, I like going to... I feel like um, having a recreational activity or some type of activity to blow off some steam is good to have in your life. Um, you know, I wake up, I go... To, I take my time. I wake up, I put on my shorts, have breakfast, go all the way to my gym. I can be fucking an hour away. I'll still go to the same gym, go all the way there, and you know, just push weights and just let off some steam, some some negative energy in the gym. As soon as I leave, I go home and shower. I'm I'm a different man. I just feel I feel good about myself when I when I when I go to the gym, or even when I play like stuff like soccer and etc. etc. Stuff like that is it's very, it's, it's stress relieving for me because I don't really do much. I haven't had a vacation for about two and a half years. I've flown to New York, LA, Vegas, all of these places, but it's always been the fast life. It hasn't been me sitting down in Bali with my feet up or in Bora Bora, just, you know, smoking weed and sipping on tea. Um, so yeah, like, gym is something for me, I feel like um, it's, it's a big part of me because I, I never used to go to the gym. And I decided to go to the gym only because of the fact that I need to let off this energy. I don't want to be an angry person. It's not my persona. I'm a very calm and relaxed guy, even in, term, in times of heavy duress. I'll try to stay as calm as I can. And, and yeah, bro, yeah, but you should come to gym. I don't think you'll last, bro. Oh, really? Huh. <laughs> what, would you last? I don't know. What do you mention? It depends on the, on, on the day, it just it depends. What, what, what you mentioned? The other day, I think I did uh, 245 for three reps, which I think is the most, that's the most I've done in a long time. 245 pounds? Yeah. That's peanuts. You're right, that's not, 
Not great. <laughs> two forty-five pounds divided by two. That's when it comes to kilograms, right? It's not divided by two, it's like... Divided by a third? Yeah. I get it. Uh, what do you do on your legs? You don't train legs. Squats because my back's all fucked up. Oh, did you hear that? I do a lot of lunges and stuff. Adam can't do shit with, with his legs. I'm a Dorian Yates over here. Uh, um, 550 kilograms. Squats. Leg press. On a good day, I've done 600, but one rep but 550 i've done it for five i'm gonna start doing the leg press bro my knee's fucked i need to get an injection in my knee just listen to it can you hear it that's what happens when you push 550 kilograms with your legs um but shit i'm happy man i feel like i feel like i've accomplished a lot um and yeah adam man it was it was nice finally getting to see you and sitting down with you one last question. Um, do you feel any sort of way about Quavo running off with your name to oh, a certain extent? No, 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 no. I, I actually don't. Um, I like Quavo. I like, I like the Migos. I've always liked the Migos. I heard Chapping Out the Bando years ago. I was telling people in the UK about that song. Um, you know, when the whole wave of Chief Keith and, and the Migos and you had a... Um, Johnny May Cash and all of these names, these names that are not around anymore or they not haven't gone as far as you would perceive them to have gone. Um, but no, I don't have anything against Quavo, man. Quavo, Huncho, Huncho got the same meaning, bro. Uh, just means leader. And yeah, he's probably the leader of his pack and I'm the leader of mine. So shit. Quavo hit me up, finna do something. <laughs> he might be a fan and you just might not know. A lot of these guys... They'll be a fan of like some underground dudes, some dudes that are not from around their way, and they'll just keep it close to their chest. So you, you never really know. Yeah, it's, it's not really vocal, like I was saying. A lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't like to show you support vocally. Uh, but shit, if he wants to fuck with me, then yeah, he knows where I'm at. We in London, and shit, did they love London, bro? They all, yeah, I think everyone's in London right now. They came for wireless. You had Travis. You was in wireless as well, wasn't you? There you go. So yeah, man. If it happens, it happens. I don't sit down and, and, and dwell on things that could have happened. I just feel like if it happens, it will happen naturally. If it doesn't, then shit, life still goes on. I'm still going forward. I'm still living my life. And yeah, bro. Okay, so with all that being said, uh, the M. Hunt Show interview, you guys wanted it. You got it. What's the game plan going forward? New releases, new projects, videos, exactly. Uh, what, what do you have coming up that the fans can keep an eye out for? Um, so I've got a video coming out real soon. Um, it's for um, a track called Tranquility from uh, my latest mixtape called Utopia. And I told you before, I've got music for a long time. I've got music until 2021. So, shit, you're going to be expecting quite a lot from me. And, you know, I've got something so sensational coming your way that I can't even speak about, Adam. It's so sensational and it's not just me. So... You know, I'm I'm looking forward to it because on the way here I was listening to some of it and shit, I feel like this is going to be one of the best things to come out of the UK. Um, and when it's time to actually get through with it, I'm gonna, definitely going to give you a shout. I'm ready. 100%. You need to get involved with that. Let's get it. All right, M. Huncho, amazing getting to meet you, bro. Much love, bro. Uh, no Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Check out M. Huncho on all streaming services and relevant social networks. And just like that, 
We are out. England, much love. We'll be back soon.